In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Dear faithful, at perhaps no other time of the year is the sacred liturgy so rich as during this time of Lent, which we begin, and especially Passion Tide, culminating in Holy Week. The Mass is the chief act of divine worship at Pope Pius XII, told the faithful in his encyclical on the sacred liturgy, Mediator Dei. However, we must not forget the rest of the liturgy, the divine office, the other sacraments, the rituals, the processions that surround the Mass as its glorious crown. Especially during Lent, reading even just small excerpts of the divine office is an excellent complement to meditating on the gospel of the Mass, which is proper every day of Lent. Today at Matins, we commence the story of Abraham, our father in faith, And we have a subtle but striking parallel between the gospel of today and of Abraham's story. St. Paul drew a comparison between Abraham and Christ in his epistle to the Hebrews. Abraham was a figure of our Savior to come, and in particular through his faith and total obedience by going into an unknown land at the Lord's command and then by offering up his only heir, Isaac, in sacrifice. As far as the parallel goes, our Lord did not possess the virtue of faith, being rather the author of our faith, but to him was applied all the merit of faith, which is the reward of faithful obedience, which our Lord practiced perfectly by becoming man and by spending 33 years on this earth in obedience to his heavenly Father. So our Lord did not possess the virtue of faith, because uh, the virtue of faith is only possible to those who do not have the beatific vision. As as our Lord in his human nature, united to his divine, was always in the possession of perfect beatitude and happiness, being united substantially to the divinity, he had no need of the virtue of faith, because he knew that he was God, and he saw himself as God, even in his human nature. And that's also why he did not possess the virtue of hope, because he already hoped encourages us to possess uh, the, or pushes us to um, trust that God will give us what's necessary to attain uh, eternal beatitude, but our Lord was already in possession of it. He, of course, possessed the greatest of those, virtue, which is uh, virtue, which is charity, union with God. This leads us to the parallel of obedience between our Lord and Abraham. St. Paul tells us that Christ was obedient unto death, even the death of the cross in Philippians. Our Lord practiced obedience perfectly. He came to this earth in perfect obedience to his Father. And in today's gospel, in obedience to the will of his Father, he tells his disciples, Behold, we are going up to Jerusalem, and all things have been written by the prophets concerning the Son of Man, and all these things will be accomplished. For he will be delivered to the Gentiles, and will be mocked and scourged and spit upon. And after they have scourged him, they will put him to death, and on the third day he will rise again. Our Lord prepares to ascend Mount Zion, and just as Abraham set out to the mountain, indicated by God, both go to the mountain to offer a sacrifice. For Abraham, it was a great act of faith, as St. Paul points out, because Abraham was tried or put to the test by God when told to sacrifice Isaac, his son, the seed upon whom depended God's promise to make a great nation. Remember, the son who was the, uh, who was the product of a miraculous Uh, birth, of a miraculous birth. Uh, His wife, Sarah, and Abraham were both far advanced in age when Isaac was miraculously born. And uh, they could not reasonably hope to have another child at that time. And God had asked Abraham to sacrifice his son. Abraham made a great act of faith in the face of what seemed a contradiction because he believed that God is able to raise up even the dead. 
He thus became a figure of Christ, slain and coming to life again. On the way to the mountain, the perplexed Isaac asked his father, Behold the fire and the wood, but where is the victim for the holocaust, for the sacrifice? Abraham said, God will provide himself a victim for the holocaust, my son. In a similar way, in the gospel, the disciples did not understand what our Lord would do, that he, that he, the promised one of Israel, would also be the victim of the supreme sacrifice, but, though he, but thought that he spoke, spoke allegorically, so that the true meaning remained hidden from them. The disciples did not know exactly what the prophets had foretold, but after Christ rose again from the dead, he opened their understanding that they should understand scriptures. And our Lord seems to show them already that their spiritual eyes will one day be opened when he proceeds to heal the bodily eyes of the blind beggar. See, thy faith hath saved thee, he tells the beggar. The disciples will see one day, just like Abraham, who went as a blind man into what Genesis called the land of vision, ready to sacrifice his son, even when, by all human estimation, this would put God's promise to him in jeopardy. But the angel of the Lord stopped his hand from slaying Isaac, and at that moment he saw God's promise as God saw it, and he named the mountain in honor of the Lord that opened his eyes, naming it Dominus Videt, the Lord sees. As for us, we are the spiritual sons of Abraham, and we are the blind beggar. Therefore, this Lent, we should strive to follow their example, namely by sacrifice, mortification, and perseverance in prayer. If Abraham was asked to sacrifice what was most dear to him, we should be ready this Lent to sacrifice what is most dear to us, which, at the end of the day, whether we realize it or not, is our self-will. That selfish self-will gets in the way even of our penances. We are often tempted to choose the penance that pleases us most, the penance that we are comfortable with. But we should choose, rather, a penance that costs us the most, that mortifies us the most, and nothing is more costly nor more mortifying to our self-will than to follow another's will through a special and highly virtuous form of obedience. St. Francis de Sales says, There is a higher point of obedience St. Paul refers to when he says, For whereas I was free to all, I made myself the servant of all, that I might gain more. It is through this universal obedience to all men that we became, become all things to all men by serving everyone for the sake of God. Perhaps we can practice this obedience, dear faithful, this land by trying to be of a greater service to our neighbor, especially by practicing the corporal and spiritual works of mercy in the measure that our state of life calls for it. And if we already have to be obedient to our spouse, to our parents, to the directives of our, of our employer, let us practice that holy obedience. Well, we already have this uh, excellent way of drawing closer to our Lord. Not only is it an obligation, but it is freeing. Obedience is freeing. Finally, we should imitate the example of the blind beggar and persevere in the prayer that cries out to the Lord this Lent. We'll close with the commentary of Pope St. Gregory the Great, who says, He who both believes and prays that he may receive the everlasting light, he sits by the wayside and begs. Those that went before Jesus, in the Gospel account, as he was coming, represent the multitude of carnal desires and the busy crowd of vices which scatter our thoughts and disturb us even in our prayers. But the blind man cried out, the more and the more violently we are assailed by our restless thoughts, 
the more fervently ought we to give ourselves to prayer. As long as we still suffer our manifold fancies to trouble us in our prayers, we feel in some measure Jesus passing by. But when we are very steadfast in prayer, God is fixed in our heart, and the lost light is restored. The Lord then, by passing by, heard the blind man crying, standing still, restored him to sight, for by his humanity and compassion to our blindness, he has pity on our cries, and by the power of his divinity, he pours upon us the light of his grace. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen.